Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Coffee with Casey, where I'm coming to you live from a cruise ship out in the middle of, off the coast of Alaska. You know, here, it's kind of tough to get acclimated to the time. I mean, the sun doesn't go down until about midnight, and it comes up at four o'clock in the morning, so you get a little whacked out on time, but the scenery is beautiful. It's great. Today, we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about market conditions, and we're also going to talk about the inverted um, buyer pools. In other words, how you find them. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, we're out here fishing. We're looking for salmon. We can see them jumping all over the place. We can't seem to catch, get any salmon. So as we said in that last Coffee with Casey, there's a big difference between fishing and catching. So when in real estate, we need to be sure that we're sitting on the buyer pool and we know that we can catch fish and it's just a matter of getting the biggest, fattest contract we can, not if we're going to sell. So I'm going to go over some stats about market conditions, where we are. Uh, I'm going to talk about that inverted buyer pool. Um, and if we can get around to it, I'll tell you some of the beautiful things about coming to Alaska. This is this has really been an eye-opening trip. Uh, I'm not a cruise guy, never been on a cruise, don't want to go on a cruise. Um, didn't think anything. Uh, I don't know. I just don't think I'm a cruise guy. But um, but it's beautiful, and the the land has been great, and the people are wonderful. Uh, so let's get on with the show. Let's let's talk about what's going on. I'm not going to switch you over to my computer because that's a much better view um, than looking at a bunch of stats. <clears throat> but you know, we did this show so we can keep an eye on the market conditions and see when is the inventory coming back? When is the market coming back? How are we doing? Are things selling? So here's the latest update. In the last 30 days, the inventory of the homes still is very low. It's off 25 to 30% over the five-year average. So that's the continuing trend of this year. It hasn't stopped or slowed down. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, well, when you say we haven't slowed down, we've gone from, you know, 40% year to date to 30% for the last 30 days. So it's kind of like saying, well, I, you know, it's the difference between breaking your two arms and two legs and just two arms and one leg. So I guess, you know, in, a, in an instance, maybe it's getting better, but that means we only broke two arms and one leg, which is still not, not exactly great. So the statistics, and this is all the way through, Vienna's down 25%, Fairfax down 27%, uh, Loudoun County's inventory is down 37%. This is the last 30 days. And Prince William County's down 28%. So there's really not much on the on the market, which is shocking when you think about this statistic. 40% of the homes in the last 30 days, over a million dollars in Vienna, withdrew unsold. So you know, it's, it is shocking because it's one thing to miss when there's a lot of inventory and it's very competitive and, you know, maybe your house just wasn't up to speed. But 40% withdrawal rate in a market where there's very little inventory is, is shameful, um, you know, to be honest with you. It's just shameful. So, you know, it's just like the other day, and I'm going to get to this inverted buyer pool here in a minute. I'm going to show you exactly why this is all happening. But, um, you know, back to the market conditions, uh, you know, 37, 40% for the year to date, and that's on the five-year average. Um, we just don't have any inventory. It's pretty simple. Nobody wants to leave a 2.5% loan. 
to go to a 6% loan on a move up house. So that whole move up market is gone. There's, there's no move up market right now. It is really move out market and move in. So move out means I'm selling the old family home. I'm going to be where the kids are. They're out in Denver. That's where I'm going to. Or I just got a job opportunity or house is too big. I got to get out of here. So remember, death, divorce, downsizing. And then the, th the fourth has been the desperation where people have just lost their job. They're in an industry in a recession or a depression, which I would say real estate, clearly when you're down 40% is in a, a hard recession. You know, it's funny. They say that if you lose your job, you're in a recession. If, or if your neighbor loses their job, you're in a recession. If you lose your job, it's a depression. So it depends on whose goggles you're wearing at the time. But, you know, it's the whole real estate industry. Settlements are down. Sales are down. That means settlement title business is off. Nobody's refinancing. The whole mortgage industry is off. So, so people that are in those industries are clearly suffering through all of this, right? So they're in the brunt of it. So if we look at the one indicator that says out of 10 homes on the market, how many are under contract? Remember, anything over 60 is a strong buyer's market. Anything you know under 40 is a, is a buyer's market, right? So 71% of the homes in Vienna are under contract, which is, is shocking when, again, 40% of the homes last month withdrew unsold. So McLean, they're at 76, very good for McLean. Usually they're in the 40s and 50s. So they're they're doing real strong right now. Um, Willowsford, 67%. Haymarket, 100% of the homes over $750,000 are under contract. That's pretty strong. Uh, that's 15, 15 homes and zero are active. That's pretty strong. Centerville, 77%. And then, you know, you get to Oakton at 50%. Uh, Fairfax is 60. And then Arlington and, and Western Loudoun County are pulling up the rear. Western Loudoun County is is 43%, and so is Arlington. So so I can see some homes not selling in Arlington or, you know, in, in Western Loudoun. Maybe it's not the demand. Maybe it's oversupply, but I can see that. I certainly can't see it in Vienna or some of the stronger markets, why somebody would withdraw. But let me show you. Let's go over here. All right. What you're looking at, is an inverted buyer pools okay so what we're looking here is this is class a it's funny i was gonna ask steve pageant the guy i'm traveling with he's a commercial guy and he said class a sells class a always sells so i thought about it and i said you know class a does sell you know and class a means up in here this is the what does class a mean in real estate class a means you got Pennsylvania Fieldstone coming up your front door. You've got a nice, nice house, great presentation, good curb appeal, nice yard. You open up the door. It's got correct paint and hardware and lighting fixtures. It's got the nice kitchen. It's got an updated bathroom. So the higher you get on that, on those updates, the more buyers want that class A premium house, right? So there are not a lot of them. I would say that of what we sell, 20% max would be that, oh my gosh, house that is a, just a class A house that's going to sell. Now, what you do is you've got very few of those houses and you have a maximum buyer pool, right? That's the inverted buyer pool. So in houses like that, we get 10, 15, 20 contracts. 
because there's very few and there's very many buyers. There's a lot of buyers looking for it, very few inventory. So here's the sellers. There's the class A. The sellers are in blue. The buyers are in green. Okay. Now you get down here to customary, which is customary for the, which is average. So customary be buyers, customary be sellers. That's, that's a good buyer pool into itself. Now, when we put one of these homes on the market, we're going to have three or four contracts. No problem. We've done, I don't know, 28 or 30 of them this year. Um, average days on market is four or five. Um, so they don't last very long on the market. Okay. Down here where they need work, it's a very little buyer pool, small buyer pool. There's not a lot of homes that are in that condition. So I would say they kind of equal each other out, but these are what we call bottom feeders. These are, if I'm going to buy a home that's not in premium condition, I want a price that is cut their knees out, put a mask on, steal that damn house. So, so this is a tough, tough market. What we try and do is make sure that all buyers are in the buyer pool up here, which is an, at least a customary class, not dated, not down in the class C, at least the class B on our way to class A. Okay, now we're not going to renovate kitchens. We're not going to renovate bathrooms, but we will do touches that make it look like it's been renovated. But our rule of thumb is if we're going to fix your house up, we're going to try and move it up we're going to make sure that we get $7 return for every $1 we invest. So, eh, you know, we try and move it up where the buyer pools are bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, this doesn't matter whether it's a $500,000 house or a $2 million house. That is the pool and that is the market for every price range. Doesn't matter. $2 million, $1 million, $500,000, that's your buyer pool. The most buyers are looking for the best properties, right? Now, when you have all these people in here fighting over this property, that value gets shot up. And we call that the premium. Now, I did a whole video on how you get a premium when you're selling your house. So, you know, you consult that video on how you sell your home in a premium. But if we can be in here and get a huge buyer pool where we're, six, seven contracts, they're going to pump that thing way over the line of where it should be. So that's the goal. Push the house up in here, get the contract to shoot up as high as you possibly can by grabbing the biggest buyer pool. Now, here's the problem. Here's why 40% of the houses do not sell. That's your buyer pool. Most sellers overprice their house. Now, I, I gave you an example last week I went into um, and I priced a house for a gentleman and and um, and his wife and the home was worth one point four million dollars. No matter how I cut it up, one point four million dollars. Maybe if we get a more one four five, he wanted two million. He wanted two million dollars for the house. Why? Because still it was worth one point eight five to two million dollars. Felt that he had a nice backyard, which he did. $2 million, that's a new house. That's a new house of the same square footage. So what we talked last week was how artificial intelligence in the real estate world is screwing sellers left and right because they're giving them false expectations and false hope. So, you know, is that one of the, is that one of the 40 percenters? Yeah, that's one of the 40%. They're not going to sell. So you can forget about it. All right. 
So the problem that you're seeing here is your sellers have pulled the houses above. You know, let me tell you something. This is like fishing. Let's say you're on a pier and the pier, the water is 30 feet below you. And there's tons of fish, blues everywhere. All you got to do is just hit the water and you, you can catch fish, right? It's like putting the line in the water, but it's 20 feet down, right? You put the thing 20 feet over the pier, but the water is, is 30% or 30 feet low. So you're not even in the water. So you're fishing, but you're not in the water. It doesn't matter how good your bait is unless you get in the water where the fish and no fish can jump 10 feet. Can't do it. Saw, saw a whale jump out of the water uh, 12 times yesterday. Um, yeah. A whale can get out of the water 10 feet, but a fish can't jump out of the water. So you, if you're going to fish, you got to get your bait in the water. So in this case, is this a great house? Is this a premium house? Sure it is. But the buyer pool for that house, that age, that size, that price range, the buyer pool is down here. So you've missed it, right? They've missed the buyer pool. So, you know, so what's the problem? The problem that we want to focus on and why we don't want to, how we want to be not the 40% is now I'm on a cruise ship. I get people walking in all the time. You know, like I said, cruise ships are like being with about 2000 of the ants, right? The ants expired, expired, expired. So you're with either the ants or you're with their parents. So it's, 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 it's an interesting, it's an interesting group. Um, but it's fun because we go to all the port of calls and, and get to see it. But I'm gonna bring uh I'm gonna bring my buddy up here, Steve Pageant. Yeah, you are. Come on, man. I got a seat for you right here. You can block out. Now, the reason why I asked Steve to come out and talk to us today is because I can give you the defining characteristics of the class A houses. In other words, what that inventory is. Good morning, Casey. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Pageant. <laughs> Now, Steve manages. Am I, up, one, am I one of the ants? You're one of the ants. <laughs> no, you're the uncle. <laughs> Tracy's the ant. Good morning, everybody. Expired. Expired. Yes, yeah. So Steve manages a, a huge portfolio for a family in uh, in D.C. And you guys do retail? We do uh, all the uh, classes, uh, commercial, multifamily retail, and a little industrial. Right. So you kind of have a broad brush of how the market is and the thing. Now, you said something to me in the um, before we were getting on the plane. You said Class A sells, and I think it was five minutes later getting on the plane that I had this thing done and <laughs> and and sent over to you, because Class A, in my definition, is the houses that you know have really been updated, upgraded, upgraded kitchens, upgraded bathrooms. I mean, everything's been done in that house. That is a Class A premium house, regardless of the price range. How yeah. would you define Class A in your guys' world? Well, it's it's similar in the commercial. Yeah, talk space. up a little bit because we're uh, we're on a cruise. We're yeah. on a cruise. <laughs> we got a lot of people and going. By. We got a bunch of people <laughs> making food in the background. <laughs> well, I think the commercial space is similar in many regards. Uh, you know, the the pandemic had a uh, made it made a change in the marketplace, quite frankly, and uh, a lot of landlords are getting uh, space. Uh, and, and, get, and trying to uh, in, entice people back to the office. Yeah. And part of the reason they're doing and what they're doing to get those uh, those employees back is to um, 
add a rich amenity base on some of the spaces. So I, that that is add a what to the space? Amenities. Oh, amenities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so uh, you know where the there's gyms, there's uh, rooftop pools, there's shared conference space. Those right. are the types of things that are attracting, um, you know, people back to the office. Right. And so that that class A space, um, those are things that are defining class A. Right. And so those are things that uh, landlords feel are necessary to get people back into the office. So everybody, again, I mean, when we're looking at setting a house up, for sale, we're talking paint, hardware, and yeah. and lighting fixtures and things like that. And so, so you guys have to do the exact same thing in order to entice people back into yeah. town. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me ask you something. So, San Francisco, there are people giving back properties, right? Define how. Take one of those deals where they're just giving back shopping centers. How how does that whole transaction? How's that working? How does that work? Well, <laughs> I mean, they put up a down payment. They have no debt. I mean, they have debt, but they, it's not personally guaranteed by anybody. If it's a, if it's a non-recourse property, many, many owners uh, are not, especially as their loans roll. Right. Um, are not seeing the ability to uh, financially make, make that work. Make it work. Yeah. So, so they're just giving it back. So Well, and in some cases that is true. Yeah. How much money true. are they walking away from? How much, how much? Well, it, it depends on the size of the property, but it can be millions. Uh, it's millions, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 Does DC have the same potential of having this kind of crime problems and all of that stuff that we're seeing in San Francisco? Well, well it's funny. The, the mayor is trying to get people back into DC. And, yet, right. and yes, I think there is a different vibe. But I think uh, that then, you know, post pandemic, there's a different vibe in, in uh, walking downtown and being downtown. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that the mayor is recognizing that, and particularly right. as it relates to retail. You need you need people back in the office in order to support the retail space. Right. Well, and that's and, what she's really pushing and, for everybody and, getting and, back downtown. And she certainly is. And I think the government will, uh, in some cases, mandate people coming back to the office. Right. And, and I think some of the other companies, even tech companies, are going to see a need to do that. Right. Get them back into town. Get, get them back in. Well, and, uh, yeah. I mean, people like to collaborate and people need to be with other people. And so while it's a, a, a different uh, space yeah currently yeah um i think it's going to be a slow walk back and people are going to start getting back to the office it's, it's going to take some time but it's going to take some time yeah so your retail i mean i don't know how i we go out to dinner quite i didn't a, want quite to a, quite a background you have there i didn't well it's quite a background you have there i didn't uh we didn't talk about it that much uh -huh. because i know you do a lot of retail and i know you know once you shut down shops and people aren't out how did how did a lot of these retailers make it through well, you know this pandemic or did did they not a, a, a little bit of both yeah <laughs> yeah as, as some of the retail survived as a result of getting you know ppp money or right svog money as, uh, or or basically um you know trying to keep their people intact through government programs and uh so you guys were living on that yeah. banking on that well, them getting I mean, money in other words cover their rent yeah 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 so some of the ppp money uh, kept kept employees there but right um well, there, there's some retail that has not recovered um, yeah and um but again i think people realize that they need to be with people they need the experiences and and um right you know hospitality and and uh that is coming back full force I, i'm not so sure about some of the business hospitality uh business yeah. travel yeah yeah that is uh, again not not quite where it was 
when if you look at your portfolio that you have and you can break them down into class a class b and class c where's your 90 percent of your problems coming in from in other words issues with either tenants or apartments or whatever is it in the class c section class b section or class a section uh, you know, I was trying to cut down that, the problem. That, <laughs> I mean, let me just be honest with you. My, the, the houses we take, I always tell everybody the best listing you have is the one you don't take yeah. because man, it's, it can be a nightmare yeah. and it saps the blood out of you. 90% of your effort is on, you know, 5% of the, of the properties. Do you have that same issue? And can you, can you isolate where the problems are? Um, it, it's it's a little bit different that uh, you know the multifamily market has recovered significantly, yeah. and, and regardless of class and apartments, and, and apartments, and, yeah. and uh, it you know the the commercial side of the business, um, you know, even even working with some of the nationals, uh, there there's still some issues there. Yeah, you're arm wrestling with Macy's, and, and, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, we'll keep that. Out but that. again. Let's say the problems might be on uh, whatever properties are not the high yeah, yeah. value well, class A properties. People tend to gravitate to luxury, and in fact, many on the on the commercial office space, uh, people people are giving larger space back, taking smaller, richer, amenitized space, right, um, and and making that same. Uh, budgetary commitment but just in less space with higher amenities right 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 so right. they want better yeah, stuff. They, they do um and so that that's kind of where we see things which happen. which really on our side is you know people are buying houses but they may they want nicer house but they may be a little farther outside they may go to loudon county and and like i was just showing hey market 100 under contract i think i think what happened in, during the pandemic is that people realized how important their homes are yeah quite frankly yeah and they they decided that they needed to improve their homes and so you'll you'll see the home depots and lows of the world they were they were just they were busy they were and booming yeah and booming during the pandemic and people want to entertain at home they want space at home yeah uh they they they've realized that and now uh unfortunately on the for some of us in the commercial office space they want to work from home right so well th these are these are things that are good indicators for the residents and i think our gain yeah. is your loss okay. because i see before it was commercial and residential and now you're turning residential into commercial yeah because if you're Whatever it's in your house, you need more money on the house to let you expand your budget a little bit and get that big house so you could be, be working there. Yeah. Yeah. And entertaining. And the other reason is a lot of people, you know, they they just aren't selling because they don't want to move from a two and a half percent mortgage to a six percent mortgage. So they sit where they are, and that means I'm either gonna fix it up or I'm gonna sell it. Yeah. You know, what is it? They say love it or list it or whatever. So most people are just saying, I'm going to have to love it. I'm going to have to fix it up and go that way. Yeah. Now, I don't know how long this broadcast lasts, but my uh, my blackjack tutorial is coming up here momentarily. <laughs> so I'm going well, to sign off here. I know, I know we got to my go next to meeting. Go to, the, go to get the blackjack and you're good to go. I've got a lot of activity scheduled right. this morning. Jason, well, your so, contract yeah. did say Enjoy. You know, 20 minute interview. You're killing me, man. Enjoy. all right buddy i will say this about this uh this cruise stuff you know again i was apprehensive didn't want to do it but um 
a tour in Alaska is incredible. I mean, we have, um, I've got five minutes, so I'm just going to talk about this. So the salmon fishing, yeah, a little disappointing, but we had a hundred salmon jump out of the water that you could see. We had an orca whale running, coming up to the boat that was probably within 200 feet of a boat. Now, when you're in a small boat and you see an orca dorsal fin coming up, um, it can be a little unnerving. It can introduce you to uh, to nature really quick. The depth of the water, I think, is one of the things that shocked me. We were 100 feet off the shore, and the depth of the water was 450 feet. Um, that's why we saw whales. We saw humpback whales. We saw orca. We saw tons of salmon jumping, and we were only 100 feet off the shore. Then one day, we went to Yes, hell. I've seen a humpback. I've seen them, you know, stick their tail up and everybody, oh, look, there's a tail. So the captain sees down down the way a uh, big, huge splashes. Some whales having a party down there. So he takes off and we go, I'm telling you, we followed this whale for 40 minutes, 50 minutes. And he breached the water, fully breached the water. And Julia sent her a picture of it. 12 times. So you're sitting there and he, he goes one, two, down goes the tail. And I mean, you wait four minutes. He goes down a hundred feet and he comes flying back up out of the water, full body breach. I mean, all the way to the tail. And of course, it's fairly spectacular. So what, what turned, what was a boring escapade uh, turned into be pretty exciting. We also did dog sledding, which is really cool. Look, I'm from Vienna, Virginia. I'm kind of a city boy. I'm not a country kid, country guy. But I really, I really get it with the environmentalists here. So we would go out on, um, you know, two by twos or four by fours. I don't know what the hell you call them. All the way through, and we're up in the mountains. And these guys are giving us tutorials on the plants and what you can eat and what you can't eat, and. and uh, uh, identifying the ferns and what people do with the plants and how they make medicinal stuff with it. I mean, I get it. I get the environmental stuff and really loving it and all that. But I do think, you know, we've got a world to operate. We got businesses to run and we got to take care of it. I agree. But, um, you know, when you come up here to Alaska, it's, it's, re it's really spectacular. The waters we were looking at between the two islands were 12,000, 13,000 feet. 12 to 13,000 feet looking out there in that water. So, I mean, that's Titanic water. So Alaska is a beautiful place. You have to visit it. You have to see it. Um, I think these cruise lines, every time you'd wake up in the morning, you can't see it right now, but we would have snow-capped mountains everywhere we went all week. Um, great. I highly recommend it. Just highly recommend it. If you haven't done it, it's... Uh, it's definitely worth getting out to see. So you've been listening to Coffee with Casey, who's been alive from an Alaska cruise somewhere in Alaska. I'm not sure. Next day or so. But uh, you've been listening to Coffee with Casey. We come to you every Thursday at 1030, no matter where we are. I'd love some coffee. Thank you. Um, no matter where we are. Uh, and, and hopefully give you a little bit more enlightenment on the real estate market what the market conditions are 
and the strategies that help you when you look at that in triangle you need to be in the buyer pool house luckily all of our houses have sold all of most of them have all sold within the first weekend so we've been very fortunate good luck in the real estate market if you need any help my name is casey sampson you can reach me at 703-508-2535 and i want to just say one thing i really 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 want to thank all of the sellers that chose our team because you know we compete for every listing there are the top agents in northern virginia that go after the really class a stuff the class a homes so we compete every day for these top listings and enough sellers have chosen us that we're the number one team in the state of virginia so you know i would like to say thanks to all the sellers that um that trust us with selling their house hopefully we've done them well um i guess considering that 30 out of 30 are selling as fast as they are and all at a premium uh it's worked out so if you need any help you can give me a call 703-508-2535 or catch me at casey at caseysampson.com thanks for listening we'll see you when i get back to the states